Well, good morning to you. How's everybody? We're so good to, um, we are so good. How about, I am so glad to see you. We're all good to see each other. Uh, first off, I want to say thanks to Brad for finishing up our series last week on Take Up Your Cross. My desire as I, as I preach through the year is to think through all the things that we do and that hopefully they weave well together and point us back to Jesus. And that everything that we're about is pointing us to Jesus, our need for Him, the centerpiece of our life. And uh, I typically write out a sermon series. Um, I wrote uh, a series that I was going to start today on Rooted. Uh, I wrote it back in October, November of last year. And last Sunday, I began praying about this new series on Rooted. And we did uh, a variation of this about two years ago. And something that occurred to me is that last go around, we talked about how do you get rooted? What does it look like? And, well, and God was clearly telling me um, yesterday, or last Sunday and Monday, he said, you know, Danny, it might help us, or help us, when I mean us in here, is if we look at some biblical characters that were rooted in Christ, and how that shaped their life and how it had ancillary effects to the people around them. So it was like, God was like, um, you had this, but this is what I want you to do. And I was like, okay, God, that's what we're going to do. And so I rewrote this, this series um, because God clearly said, we want to look at some biblical characters. So I'm excited. Whenever God says, you know, this is, you know, this is where we need to go, I was like, I'm not going to get in your way. We're starting this series on Rooted, and it goes, it, it ties back to, to this thing that we talked about being, that to take up your cross, because let me re- remind you of something. You are not going to share Jesus with people if your roots spiritually aren't very deep. You're not inclined to. You're not as, you're not going to do this. You're not going to, you're not going to take the card that Brad encouraged you and go invite somebody. You're going to hope somebody else does that. See, when our roots are deep and when our foundation is growing, we want others to experience what we're experiencing. And so you, you heard a song uh, by Thrive and you saw the roots and, and that, and you saw a video. All that's this idea that being rooted in Christ gives you a foundation to share Christ, to live Christ, to take up your cross for Christ. Okay, And so we're going to do that over the next several weeks. So we're going to be looking at characters primarily in the Old Testament. And so if you've got your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel. I know some of you are going, whoa, Samuel. That's 1 Samuel. It's a prophet. We're going to go there. We'll be in there in just a second. But we're going to be in 1 Samuel 16. How many of you have already taken some sort of family trip? How many of you will? Okay. Some of you... Um, you will go with just your spouse. You'll go, you'll go with children, grandchildren. Um, you'll go with teenagers. And so I decided to have a little fun with it because our theme for this idea of rooted is, are we there yet? All right. How many of you have already heard that? How many of you heard that on the way to church? Okay, just checking. Well, so I decided to go and I, I found these quotes. Now, here's what I want you to do. As you listen to these, I want you to determine, was it a child, was it a teenager, or was it the husband? We're leaving the women out because women don't normally complain. The guys do. So, well, maybe. All right, so, see if, see if you can figure out which ones are those, okay? Our first one is the one I just said. Are we there yet? Um, no. I have to potty. I pottied. 
I want a drink. I spilled my drink. I'm not tired. Who would that be? It would be the dad. I'm not tired. We can drive for miles. <laughs> I'm not tired. How much longer? He's touching me. He's looking at me. We just stopped to potty. So-and-so's van has a DVD player. I want to watch Frozen again. I want to play with your phone, Mommy. Your phone is dead. My iPod died. Battery. I'm not lost. Just taking the scenic route. How many of you have actually heard your dad say that? All right, you own it. I remember my parents. Remember when St. Louis, Dad? We saw the arch twice <laughs> on the way there. And I remember my parents were having a discussion about that. I left my blankie in quotations meltdown. When do we get home? In a while. I don't feel good. Yikes. I don't have phone signal. And my favorite one, don't make me stop this car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want you to think for a second. Because I think when you think about your spiritual life, when you think about living for God, when you think about your whole journey with Jesus. I think sometimes we get this idea that it, it's, you know, it's just, it's very linear. Let's just go. And it doesn't it have kind of bumps and bruises along the way. Nothing's perfect. You're, you're kind of going along and you're, you look at somebody else and go, man, look at all those people in the Bible. They just, it was easier for them. Well, I, I think, I, I think I found a way to help you. So, um, I, I found this in getting ready for this. Uh, this is uh, Lucy and, and Charlie Brown, it says this, and you know, she always gives great advice, by the way, if you ever follow the cartoon. It says, life, Charlie Brown, is like a deck chair. Like a what? Have you ever been on a cruise ship? Passengers open up their canvas deck chairs to see, so they can see in the sun. Sit in the sun, excuse me. Some people face their chairs facing the rear of the ship so they can see where they've been. Others face their chairs forward they want to see where they're going. Okay? So she asked this question. On the cruise ship of life, Charlie Brown, which way is your deck chair facing? And look at Charlie's response. I've never been able to unfold mine. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing about that. I think sometimes we think about our spiritual life. I don't even know how to get this thing going, Danny. How do I get started? How, I mean, I see people, they've got paths and they've got direction. They've got intentionality. How do I get, how do I even, I can't even get my chair unfolded. How, do I, how does this journey with Jesus begin? Well, I hope over the next several weeks, we can show you biblical characters that had some pretty rough edges to them. That didn't have it all figured out. But they fought and they clawed and they scratched so that their foundation would get stronger. And so what we're going to do over the next few is we're going to, we're going to kind of keep these three questions in front of us. And they're pretty simple. It's this. How do we get rooted? What does rooted look like? And why does it matter? Okay. And I want to go back to the very first one first because out of, out of uh, Romans, Paul 
said these words, and I think uh, this is part of, uh, if you've ever done a thing called the Roman Road about sharing your faith, but he said this out of Romans 9, and I want to read 9 through 11. It says, but if you confess your mouth, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And so Paul is telling us that it starts with a relationship, that you can't get your roots going until you have a relationship with him, being planted in Christ, actually starting that relationship with him. Uh, If you've ever been to a nursery and you buy a tree and it comes in those big tubs, was that tree designed to stay in that tub? No, it was designed to be planted. And if you've ever pulled it out, what happens is, is all the roots grow around itself. It was designed to not stay in the tub. It was designed to be put in the ground. And I love it because whenever you buy a tree, have you ever, have you ever had that weak moment and you bought that tree? And it's, I call them why bother trees because if you mowed over it, you wouldn't know it. You, oh, oh gosh, I mowed over my tree. You, when you see the picture of the tree that the, on the tag, it shows you in its fullest extent. It shows you it's what it could be if it's given care, if it's taken care of, if all the things are done for it that it needs. Ideally, that's what it can become. And so we see that being rooted in Christ begins with a relationship, being planted in Christ. And that's where it begins, because once you're planted in Christ, you're more likely to share Christ. But if you're not, you're just going to point others to, you ought to go talk to Danny, or you ought to go see so-and-so at the church, or yada, yada, yada. So we see this story, uh, this great story about uh, David, um, just about his journey as a boy. And so we're in 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13. We want to take a look at this. And we're going to try to answer those three questions. How do we get rooted? It starts with a relationship. What does it look like? And why does it matter? Okay. The last two we're going to really spend some time on. The Lord said to Samuel, he says, how long will you grieve over Saul? Now Saul was the current king. And God had said it's time for a new king. Saul's not going to be that guy anymore. Since I have rejected him after being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. And I will send you to Jesse, a Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you will do, what you should do. And you shall anoint for me one whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? Now you think about a prophet. Typically when prophets came, they brought doom and gloom and normally it followed them. And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and consecrate yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they had come, he looked at Elab and thought, surely the Lord anointed anointed is before him. Now, it's interesting because one of the things about being rooted is, I don't know about you, but I have trees and none of the roots are above ground. They're all below ground. Now, if a tree's roots are above ground, is it really going to have any stability? No. It actually gets weak. And typically, they blow over 
or if the ground gets really soft and they go away. And so Samuel looks at one of his boys and says, well, it's got to be this guy. I mean, we don't really know. Was he, was he big? Was he, was, he, was he a leader? Was he military? What, what was it? And he says, Samuel, Samuel says, surely it's this guy. And I love what God says to him. He says, do not look at his appearance on the height or his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not a man as a man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And see, this is important because when you think about being rooted in Christ, that the strength of our faith isn't the external stuff, it's the, what people can't see. It's, what pe- it's where God is doing his best work. I, I live in Derby. I don't know about some of you, but we've had a little bit of rain. And you know what I noticed uh, yesterday? is how much my trees, I've got relatively young trees in my backyard, and how much they've grown in just a month. And some of my trees, you can see seven, eight, ten inches of of new stems and stuff growing off of them because of the ground having so much moisture in them. But they're getting that from the ground, and that's coming up, and then the tree is growing accordingly. And I think about that, that the tree is growing, and I was doing some digging, and it says that the root system of a standard tree goes out one and a half times beyond its leaves. So think about your trees in your yard. Some of you are going, yikes. And you think about some of your big trees, and the, the root system goes out one and a half times past what they call the drip line, which is where your leaves are. And you think about that's what strengthens and keeps that tree in place. And it's so important that it's, as the tree grows, the root system has to get bigger to sustain it. And so Jesus is always looking at here, not all the bells and whistles, not all the things that dazzle everybody else. Not, all these things are great. You know, I, I, I sing songs, I read my Bible, I, I serve, I'm involved in a life group, I, I'm part of kids. You do, those are all great things. But some people think those are the measuring sticks. And Jesus is saying pretty clearly, I'm looking at the hearts of us. And he says, I look at the inward. And then Jesse called um, Abinab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. So all these brothers have passed by and God has not selected any of them. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all of your sons here? Even a father looks at his own kids and says, well, God's, these would be the guys that God would select to be king. Or David would have been a part of that list. Think about that. David was somewhere else. He got all of his boys except for one because he thinks that these guys, their outer appearance would make them king worthy. Keep in mind, God always looks at the heart for any of us. The root system is what's unseen. And that's the important part. And he says, are these it? And he says, no, there remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And it's funny because if you said, uh, he's taking care of sheep. Well, that's not a very kingly job. 
that's not a great, that's not a job you go, oh, he ought to be king over the Israelites. He's taking care of sheep. You know, that, he's, so you think about what God saw in David was what was here. There was a, there was a DNA of spirituality to him. There was a way of taking care of things. He is keeping sheep. Sheep were valuable. Sheep were, let me just help you out. Sheep were hard to take care of. They're not very bright. They need constant care. They need protectors. They need somebody to lead them. They don't naturally take care of themselves well. And so David is doing a fairly significant job. And he says, in keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to him, send and get him. We will not sit down till he comes. And he sent and brought him in, and he was ruddy, which means he was pretty healthy. Let me just tell you, if you're taking care of sheep, you've got to be pretty healthy. You're not walking around. You're, you're not sitting on a hill. Watching, you've got to take care of them. He says, and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is he. And then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramana. So David, exterior, would have said, he's a nice looking guy. But God was looking at the heart and said, this is the guy that's going to lead. He's going to be that person. And, it's, and so with that as our backdrop if you've grown up in church, there was a statement that's been out there for years that says that David was a man after God's heart. Okay? And I want you to think about that for just a second. David was a man after God's own heart. David was also a man, and so you need to think about this, he was a man who committed murder and adultery and lied about it a lot yet he was a man after God's own heart so how can you be both how can you be those things and a man after God's heart well I think you need to see that this is a journey of our faith right have you ever done something that you were younger and you thought what was I thinking and you say I'm not going to do that ever again I learned it was painful I won't do that again have you, how many of you have ever had that moment? Okay, your spiritual life is very much the same way. You learn things, you grow, you go, you, you hear about somebody else's circumstance, you, you learn, you listen, you, you learn from past, present, and you learn from things, okay, I've, this person gives, speaks wisdom into my life, and I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to go down that road. And so you see this idea that, that he was a man after God's heart. Well, how was he able to do this? despite the fact that he was adulterer and a murderer. I mean, think about that. I mean, just, he was, he was given that, that, that idea. And so I, what I want to do for the next few moments is show you how D David was, that was part of his life, but that didn't, that didn't define his life. Because most of us, we talk about, we talk about David was a man after God's heart. Well, you get a chunk of the Psalms were written because of his relationship with, with Christ. And so what I want to do is kind of help you bridge that understanding that what he was rooted in was not of himself, but it was in God. And so I want to point out a couple of things in Samuel 
uh, about David that show us how he was rooted and how you could have this uneasy tension of being an adulterer and a murderer, but a person pursuing a relationship with God. And this is out of 1 Samuel 17, 37, and it says this. It says, David said, and this is when David was going up against the Goliath, the Philistine giant. And everybody else is petrified and mortified and frozen with fear. It says, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Now, this is important because when your roots are deep and when they're growing, you'll share Christ. And in the storms of life that come your way, you'll be rooted and grounded enough that you may bend, but you don't break. David had already experienced firsthand twice that God gave him the ability to take care of a bear and a lion by himself. That God came in and did this. So he had a track record with God that God was demonstrating his power in David's life to show him what he's capable of doing for David, if David will let him. And so, when you think about David being a man after God's heart, there are a couple things. If you're taking notes, you've got an insert that you can fill out. There'll be a front and back to this. And when I was thinking about this, a couple things there is this. Being rooted in Christ. Trusting and obeying are not one-time events. They're ongoing events. Trusting and obeying are ongoing events. It's not a one-time thing that you gave your heart to God and that's it. David demonstrates that there was a time where he, he fought through a bear, fought, fought through a lion. Now he stands in front of a giant because of the history of what Jesus had done in his life. And he sees that, that, that God was working there and he says, well, this Philistine's going down. This Philistine's going down. And of course, we, if you know the story, he doesn't come at him with a sword or a shield. He comes out with a couple of stones. Takes him out. When you're talking about being rooted, when you're talking about your roots really going and getting deep, trusting and obeying are not one-time events. When you want to see your, your roots really grow, trusting God on everything in your life, not just certain things. And here's the other cool thing that David demonstrates about being a man of God's heart. He had absolute faith, supreme faith, in God. He believed him. He trusted him because he had already demonstrated it in his life because David had given them the ability. He said, God, I can't, I don't know how to do this bear thing. I don't know how to do this lion thing. And I certainly don't know how to do this thing with the giant, but you do. And I've seen you at work. I think you can do this. And so when you want to see your root system go deeper and get more grounded, is it that it's trusting him with everything, not just certain things, not just because you're in the hospital, but with your marriage, your parenting, your finances, your job, your health, your relationships with people. All that stuff comes together. And then having this absolute faith that, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but you do, and I'm going to trust you. The second thing that I would say that when you see a man after God's heart is this, that David said this out of Psalms 119, 47 through 48. He says, look at what he said. He says, I find my delight in your commands, which I love. I will lift my hands toward your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. It means I will meditate on your word. I will, I will, I will grab a hold of your, your great word 
and I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. I'm going to, I'm going to dive into it because if you want to see your root system go, then spend time in God's Word. Let me just help you out. If you're not spending time in God's Word, you're not getting fed spiritually. You're not getting the nutrition you need for your root system to grow. And what David would tell you to be a man after God's heart, you saw it pretty clearly. Absolute faith, constantly trusting. And then he said this, he's adding a layer. Let me help you out. Love God's Word. You may not understand everything of God's Word, but love God's Word and go. Because this guy, this loving God has written this for my benefit to tell me who he is and who he wants to do, who he wants to be in my life and how he wants to walk with me through life. And you're getting all this who God is, who he wants to be in your life, and how he wants you to come to faith in him and then to, to share that. And so your roots get deep through that. So he says to love God's word. So you get trust him, not a one-time event, absolute faith in him, love his word, and then you get to the next one. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. This is out of Psalms 104. And regardless of your season, this is where your roots get deep, is can you be thankful? Even when it's, I, I, some of you, we did Philippians back in the spring, and it's been interesting. Some of you have, have you taken a phrase that we use there and have, you've added it to your life and your vocabulary. And I've heard, it's been so cool for some of you said, you, you've talked to me about your hard season and you go, but I've chosen joy. I've chosen to be joyful even though it's not, it's hard. Because joy is a choice. And David is clearly saying, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Thankful hearts in all seasons of life. Even, the, even when you, you're like, I don't understand where this is going. This, I, this doesn't make sense. But let me just help you out. Regardless of what you're going through, God is still good. God is still trustworthy. God is still, as Keith said, God is still God. He hasn't changed. He hasn't wavered. He, you don't go, man, God, do you? He's still the same God who wants to walk with you. Your circumstances may be upheaval, but God is still the same God. Nothing, none of that has changed. And so he says, be thankful in all circumstances, even if it doesn't make sense that, because you can still be thankful that God is God, that he's still good. That you can be. See, having a thankful heart is really important for us because we look at somebody else and go, well, that's not fair. Well, why do they, why is it, why is this better for them and not for me or vice versa? Why, why is their health always seem to be better than mine? Why do I seem to always have the little nicks? Why does their family seem to be? See, having a thankful thing has got to, let me help you out. There's always, and I'm going to say that that's not an overstatement. There's always somebody that has it worse than you. Always. Always. And I'm not discounting your grief, but I think sometimes we can't find an ability to be thankful in any circumstance. When, when, and that, let me just help you out, that will stifle your rootedness, your growth, and your, your relationship with God because the enemy, Satan, would love for you to focus on all that's wrong about your life instead of all the things that are good all the activity of God's life. And so David is giving us a wonderful blueprint. Trust him, not a one-time event. All in on him. Love his word. Be thankful. Be thankful for 
what you've got, but also because who he is. Be thankful that God is who he is, that you can be that, that you can trust that. And here's the other thing. How can you be an adulterer and a murderer and still have the heart of God? Because of this next one. And this is in cool. This is a cool one. After David had done those horrific things, he kind of just parked it over here. And his good friend Nathan tells him a little story. And after he tells him the story, David is enraged about the story. He says, this is a terrible injustice. This guy ought to be called out. And Nathan goes, that's you. That's you. So how can a guy be called a man after God's heart and be an adulterer and a murderer? Because of what we're about to read. Because what it shows you when you are growing in Christ, when your root system is getting out there, that you don't excuse it away, you don't explain it away, you don't justify your actions, you don't say, big deal, you do what David demonstrates. And love what he said. He doesn't, he doesn't say anything to try to defend his actions. Look at what he says in 2 Samuel twelve thirteen. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Not against somebody else. I have sinned against the Lord. He starts there. See, when your root system is growing, and you can say, how can you be a man after David's, uh, how can David be a man after God's own heart? Because he had the courage and the maturity to recognize that he had sinned against God and that he needed to make it right. And if you actually go into Psalms 51, you get this beautiful confession. You get this understanding of, of the offense of what he had done and how he was, he was on the road to making it right with God. And so you see absolute trust. It's not a one-time event. Love God's word. Be thankful. And the, that part of that, when he says, Nathan said to him, I have sinned against the Lord. Rootedness is about truly repent. Not sorry I got cocked. Not sorry that you found out. Not sorry that, um, that it, it hurts you. I repent against what I have done against God. And then, then you can go on beyond that because then it becomes family and so forth. And so when you're talking about being rooted in Christ, that maturing rooted people own their sin. They don't explain it. They don't gloss it away. They don't go, well, it's my business. I'll do what I want. You start with the fact that it offended God and then you see where it goes from there, how God deals with that. I love this because you see that David being a man after God's heart, you see some things of, of how can he be that and a man after God's heart? Well, because he was on a journey, just like all of us. All of us are on a journey and you can't measure your spirituality based on somebody else. Your relationship with God is personal and not private. And that's where taking up the cross is so important. But the more rooted you are, the more likely it is you'll share. And you'll see God revealing and doing and showing you. Paul said these, um, or no, I'm sorry, out of Acts chapter 13, 22 through 23 says this. It says, when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, I love this, a man after my heart who will do all my will. See, a person who's rooted in Christ, like David said, 
I will do God's will. I will be what God wants me to be. God called him to be king. Do you think as a boy he really understood what that meant? No, he didn't. But when God called him to do that, he said, God is trustworthy. I'm not, but God is. And if God's asking me to do this, then I'm going to do this. How many times has God asked you to do something that was way out of your comfort zone? If it hasn't happened yet, it will. It will. And what God is trying to do is get you to do something that is out of your comfort zone because you'll have to depend on him. Well, let me help you out. It will make your root system stronger, deeper. That's the design. We were designed to grow. Your trees, if you've got trees in your yard, were designed to grow well past your age, more than likely. And it's funny because I, I looked out at the trees that we planted when we first moved into our home four and a half years ago. And I looked at the trees and they're not the same height anymore. They're now taller. And I've actually had to start pruning them and to help them grow. And I'm, I'm looking at eventually when I'm 78, they'll have shade. But I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, the idea is that they're not where they were. And we're not supposed to be either. We're supposed to be growing. And David gives you a blueprint. Absolute trust. It's not a one-time event. Love God's word. Choose to be thankful. Own your sin. Okay? Own your sin. Deal with it. And then whatever God asks you to do, be prepared to do. Even if it takes you well out of your comfort zone, I promise you, all of those events, when David was fighting a bear, a lion, and a giant, and then he was going to ask to be king, he was not in his mind prepared to do any of those things. But God could. And he could because David's root system was enough for him to do something was enough for him to do something. I wrote this down. David was a man for God's heart because he was rooted in him and the roots of faith grow deep through testing failures in life. They do. They do. Testing, it does. It works that way. So why does rooted even matter? Why, why Danny, why are you going to spend five or six weeks talking about rooted? Because of this. Let me write, give you these things. I, want, I, I just think they're important. Deepening roots point us to him and not to ourselves. Deepening roots say, God, I, I can't, but you can. But as your root system grows, let me help you out. So does your confidence in him, not in yourself. Because as your root system grows out, God is preparing you for something well out of your comfort zone or preparing you for a storm that you don't even know is coming. Deepening roots prepare me for the storms of life. Some of you have had significant storms come your way. Some of them are literal, like rain. And it's frustrating, and it's exhausting. Or maybe it's been a, a health thing that you just, it just came up out of nowhere. Or maybe it's a, a job situation. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's spiritual. Storms, if they haven't come, they will come. They just do. And when they do come, is your root system strong enough to sustain yourself in them. See, the more time you spend with God, your root system just gets where, man, you can, you can, you can bend, but you don't break. I mean, there's, I've met enough people that the only reason they were able to get through where they are is their root system was incredibly deep and strong. And so this, this being rooted really matters. Because if your root system is shallow, man, when you get that first really storm of life 
whenever it comes, because it will, you're going to crack. You're going to cave. You're going to get uprooted. Deepening roots prepare us for storms of life. Deepening roots give you the ability, and this is cool, to walk with somebody else. That deepening roots give you the ability, not in some self-righteous, look at how spiritual I am, that you have enough mileage under your feet that you can say, well, I can walk with some people. I can help somebody take their spiritual steps because somebody did it for me. Your deepening roots weren't just designed for you. They were designed to help everybody else around you. They're powerful things because there's wisdom in a long journey. In a long journey with Jesus. How many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you have been walking with Jesus for more than 50 years? Oh, there's a chunk of you in here. There's wisdom in that. There's wisdom. Those of you that have been walking with Jesus for more than 50 years, has it at times been difficult? Yeah. It's not perfect. There are days when you're walking with Jesus and there are next days you go, you know, I didn't even pray today. I didn't even think about God today. And see, being a man after God's heart means that you're going to position yourself to be rooted in Him by trusting Him, having faith in Him, digging into His Word, being thankful, and owning your sin. And you want to see how you can become a person after God's heart? How about if we took David's name out and inserted your name? And then your struggles. I'm a gossip. I'm an angry person. I'm a lazy person. I have this thing or that thing. And God says, I can work through those things despite those things. God's not uprooting you because you got sin in your life. No, Christ did that for us. Okay? The other thing I recognize about being rooted in Christ is this. Deepening roots help us see and face our blind spots. Isn't it funny that Everybody can see your blind spots but you. That's why they call them blind spots. Because no one else can, you can't see them, but everybody else goes, man, can, can't, they, can't they see that's the, how they do or what? And, you know, they're like, I don't have that problem. We, we, everybody else can, but you can't. That's why they're blind spots. And when God, in his infinite glory and wisdom, he brings somebody in your life and he goes, you know, have you ever thought about, and you're like, you don't get repulsed by it. You don't bow up. You go, I think you're right. See, if you're maturing, your roots are deepening, you'll take correction, not in an offensive way. As my pastor taught me years ago, that there's always a kernel of truth in what somebody tells you. It may not always be as bad as it is, or you may not think it as good as it is, but somewhere in the middle, there's reality for all of us. And when you're deepening your roots, if somebody brings a criticism to you, you listen and then you say, God, you might be right. Or if God brings it to you directly and you go, God goes, I need you to hear this. And you're like, well, God, you don't understand. They're this and they're that. No, God is saying, do you hear me? When we're rooted and we're really growing, we can become a person just like David with all of our imperfections to be a person after God. If we are trusting him, absolutely and it's not a one-time thing. We're digging into His Word. We find things to be thankful for. We own our sin. And we say, okay, God, my rootedness has the ability to walk with people and help people. And ultimately, my journey with you. 
I love what uh, Paul David Tripp said about this whole journey. He said this. He said, God says unfinished people to unfinished people with a message of his grace so that he can reclaim every heart for his glory. That's what we get to do. We get to go and help people and walk with people. And as we're rooted in Christ, it's, let me just tell you, it's really important. You, we use this metaphor of plant, grow, multiply. Those aren't just hollow words for me. I want to see us taking those steps and they just keep on going. You help somebody get planted in Christ. You help them grow and ultimately to multiply. When we're rooted in Christ, those are the things that we're to be about. He used lots of analogies about plant, grow, and multiply. This isn't just something I, I conjured up. Jesus was about those things. The deeper your roots, the ability you have to be the person God wired you to be. And you will see, if you'll take the things that David did, you'll trust, you'll lean in on him, I'm all in, and not just about the one-time events, but an ongoing thing, that you'll actually spend time in his word. It is easier now than it's ever been to spend time in God's word. Not only do you have access to this, but man, you've got tablets and laptops and computers and phones. You've got gazillions of things to top, tap into. And we're seeing a generation grow up that's literally biblically illiterate. And yet we have all this before us. Let me just tell you, get rooted in God's word. Spend time in God's word. Dig into his word. See what he has to say. See what God has for you. Be thankful own your stuff. All that what I just said. That's how David was able to be a man after God's heart because that stuff was, he was, all those things that happened to him, God grew him out of all of that. He grew him out of all that. So let's pray. Father, I'm reminded of what I said at the beginning. That to be, to be rooted in you begins with the most important thing and that is a relationship with you. And there's no other, that's how, that's where it begins. And that means to be planted in a relationship with you, that we begin, that we confess that you are Lord and we are not. And that what you did on the cross for us was enough. And that we trust that. And I ask God that if there is somebody in this room that they need to get planted in a relationship with you, that they would talk to one of our pastors, that they wouldn't wait, they wouldn't postpone, because that's where it begins. I pray that there are, are some in here that their root system is, is needing some nourishment, and it only comes from you. I can't do it. And I ask God that we would have the humility to recognize that we need you. We need your activity in our lives. And I ask God that if there's some in this room that, man, their root system just isn't what it could be or should be, that they would turn back to you and stop trying to do it themselves. I ask God that we would have the, 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 the humility to say that we don't have it all together, but you do. And I thank you, God, for a man like David, a man after your heart, because he was able to not trust you just once, but it was a lifestyle of trusting you. I thank you, God, for a man who, who chose your word and delighted in it and loved it. I thank you, God, for a man like David who looked at his life and found things to be thankful for, regardless of his circumstances, and he had a lot. And most of all, God, I thank you for a man that did something as horrific as adultery and lined and, and murder. He was a murderer, and yet, God, he could be redeemed by you. 
And I pray, God, that we would find that peace in you, that we would know that peace. God, I thank you that you desire us to be rooted in you, that that's a, that's a command, it's not a suggestion, and that the deeper we are, the more we are like you, the more we take on the character of you. And I thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God, for this time. And I pray that as we need to respond, that we will have the courage to respond accordingly. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. I'll ask you to stand.